0: What were pressing issues in your life when you were a teenager? For me, it was things like getting my driver's license, having a good summer job, sleeping in as much as possible, girls, of course, doing well in school, and hanging out with my friends. There was no internet, no cell phones, no email, no smart devices, no Kindle, no DVR, and barely any such thing as a laptop computer. Suffice it to say, some things have changed. We'll talk about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to the inner life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to the inner life. I'm Patrick Conley. Happy to be with you for this hour of spiritual direction and growing closer to Jesus. So, in terms of technology, things have changed over the 30 some odd years since I was in my teens, and technological changes alone have made for what some would call a completely different world. Certainly, though, some social and moral issues and the resultant public opinion thereof have also waned and waxed over the years. Adherence to particular philosophies and ideologies, whether explicit or impl- implicit, have also shifted, of course. But in all this, based on the interaction that I have with today's teenagers, I find myself wondering, have their core concerns really shifted? I mean, it seems like school, work, relationships, and fun still populate the tops of most of their lists. So what are we to make of this? If you're a parent to teenagers, what are you seeing as some of the primary issues that are confronting them? Or perhaps you're a teenager yourself what would you say are your most pressing concerns today on the show we're talking about issues that confront our teens particularly those put forth by the world the flesh and the devil to try to throw them off of their pursuit of faith and what you can do about it. Guiding us through our discussion is someone who has interacted a pretty significant amount with teens, a new spiritual director for us here on The Inner Life, but a good friend of mine. Please welcome Sister Amelia Hewler. Sister Amelia is a Nashville Dominican and a middle school religion and history teacher at St. Anthony Catholic School in Washington, D.C. But in August, she'll join the campus ministry team at Providence Academy, which is a K-12 Catholic school in Plymouth, Minnesota. Welcome, sister. So good to be with you.
1: Thank you Patrick it's great to be with you.
0: Yeah to hear your voice over the air it's uh, it's a good a good treat for me. So thank you for being our spiritual director today. Well this is your first show with us sister so tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, first I have to say, I'm kind of nervous. I mean, you're really good at this. So thanks for having me on the show. And I I (laughs) hope I can make a little sense. But I guess that's your job to make me make sense. (laughs) Um, But I am born and raised uh, in Stillwater, Minnesota. So in August, I'll be returning home, which I'm really excited about. In 2006, I entered our community. I'm a Dominican sister of the Congregation of St. Cecilia, and sometimes we're called the Nashville Dominicans because our motherhouse, mother to uh, about three hundred of us, is in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Yeah, very good. And uh, growing up in the Upper Midwest, as uh, as I did too, sister, I, I'll ask you too. Um, and I, I believe I've got a few years on you, but uh, when thank you, you were a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> when, when you were a teenager, I mean, were were some of the things that I mentioned were they pretty yeah. some of your core concerns as well?
1: Spot on, right? Your friendships, your relationships, um, kind of quality of life stuff, your freedom. Can you can you go to the mall? Can you drive? Can you buy Mm -hmm. something at the mall? Do you have income? Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. That's right. Okay. good. Well, (laughs) I I think we're starting off on a good, good, uh, good page here. However, I mean, I know that there's much angst to be seen out there if you go looking for it about how things have changed. And sure. um, what some of the things facing our young, our young people are. Specifically, we're focusing in on teens today. And uh, one of the things that we kind of pitched the show as is that it, it was focusing in around the world, the flesh and the devil. So really those things that are going to seek to, as I said, throw these teens off of their pursuit of faith. But when we talk about the world, the flesh and the devil, where does that terminology come from? And what are we talking about, sister?
1: That's a great question. So we usually look at those three, the world, the flesh and the devil. And if we're reading the Gospel of Luke, we might kind of look at the flesh, the world and the devil. We'll talk about that later with Jesus's temptation in the desert. Um, But this idea that with original sin, there becomes this breaking, this disorder within us. And even if someone doesn't want to assent to the term original sin, they know something's wrong, something's off within me, within my relationship with you and others with me and the world, and then we would say also between us and the devil and the fallen angels. But Christians weren't the first ones to come up with this. I I think it'd be fair to say that the kind of classic four false sources of happiness are really four substitutes for God. And even though they're four and the list you gave me is three, I think you can pack them together. So wealth, honor, pleasure, power, you know, not necessarily bad things. It's just when I'm disordered in myself, in how I approach the other, the world, and God, I start to make those my gods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a a dangerous thing to be ready or to be going, although it tempts all of us. And specifically, I think. Um, you know, it, it even tempted to, I mean, those are kind of written into the temptation in the wilderness that our Lord himself faced. I mean, right. I mean, isn't that kind of what the devil was focusing on with him too?
1: Absolutely. So the Lord who, I mean, first and foremost is true God, true man, right. And, right. and all that he does is as true God, true man, he allows himself to be taken into the desert, to be tempted. And now we got to put a footnote there or a little asterisk he's not tempted by any internal disorder. Like I'm tempted to go, well, if I had money, to go to Chipotle (laughs) and eat way too much guacamole. And and I know I'm full, but I want more. He's not tempted with any disorder, but he allows the devil to throw those temptations at him. uh, Food, because he was fasting in the desert, right? He would have been hungry. Um, uh, The kind of the the glory uh, of the world Right. And then to even tempt God in a sense, you know, if 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 God really loves you, he will send his angels. Right. So jump off here. So he's kind of tempting him sort of along those lines of false sources of happiness that even Aristotle knew.
0: Right. Right. All right. So, I mean, obviously, even these things are temptations to all of humanity today and not just specifically with teens. But we're talking today with our with our spiritual director, Sister Amelia Hewler, who is joining us uh, for the first time as our spiritual director, a Nashville Dominican and currently a religion and history teacher at St. Anthony Catholic School in Washington, D.C., and we're talking about uh, issues that face our teens today specifically. So if you have uh, have teens that you're currently raising or you have in the past, what are some of the challenges that you face? And what are some of the things facing your teenagers in their lives today? And how does the world tempt them to leave the faith? And we're talking about teens issues today. If you would like to join the conversation, ask a question, tell your story. We'd love to hear from you. triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is our phone number again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Or send us an email innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well sister, as I' as I'm thinking about the again the temptations of, of, of money, of power, uh, wealth, power, pleasure, and fame or honor yeah. um, and as temptations for all of us, specifically though, how does that manifest itself? What's been your experience as a, as a teacher in the lives of our teens?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for that question, because even though sin isn't really creative and we see history repeating itself, it would be dismissive to suggest that our teenagers aren't facing something new and really hard, right? Yeah. Um, And so I think that maybe there's kind of three broad strokes we can look at. One, kind of a self-hatred, again, not new in itself, but new in a culture that almost seems to maximize people's stories of pain. And and, I mean, I don't have a particular one in mind, but you think of the whole binge watching culture, which, I mean, we've all done that, right? That's not bad in itself. But what if it's a series of episodes of someone who doesn't like their life or wants to end their life? Uh, There's a lot of kind of a a sick, morbid addiction being thrown at our young people of people who are just unhappy in their very selves, like they're a mistake. And then I think another one, a second one that builds on that self-hatred, loneliness. Okay, also not new, and also not without fruit. Like we can all face periods of loneliness in the desert, right, and it can be fruitful. But I think right now, because young people are so magnificent at being well connected and plugged in and tuned in, that when they feel loneliness, there's like an extra suffering because they're not really alone, but they are unseen, unnoticed, Un- unappreciated um, and then the third one again not totally new but there's a new twist kind of a groupthink mentality that's been around since the beginning of the fall there's a real heated emphasis right now i i really pray for our young people and i i i don't know that i would have been able to face this right um, but there's a real emphasis right now across the entire political spectrum On how you should think. Um, Think this way if you're a loving person. Think this way if you're a right kind of Catholic. Um, There's a lot of either or scenarios right now, a lot of black and white thinking. So you're either this or you're that. Which box? Which box? And it reminds me of uh, kind of sitting in a big cafeteria at a big public school. And it's like kind of a bullying. You get to come to this table and have a voice if you think this way. And I know a lot of young people that are putting up great resistance to that, superb resistance, but I think they're tired and I think it's draining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to be uh, kind of against the tide as it were more so than when I was growing up. It didn't seem yeah. to be as pronounced. And uh, again, 30, 30 some odd years ago, it was uh, it was a little less, there were other issues, but uh, that seems to be much more pronounced as you're saying. All right. So yeah. I'm hearing uh, you said self-hatred, uh, loneliness and this kind of groupthink mentality are some yeah. of the specific things that you think confront our teenagers in this day and age. And then so uh, obviously with each one of these, you mentioned, um, well, at least for the first two, and I can un- I can obviously see how it plays into the third one. You mentioned kind of this connectedness that has been afforded to us by for better, or for worse. Um, through technology, through social media and that sort of thing. And we just couldn't have a show on teens issues without bringing this up because it's so prevalent, not just right. with teens, but certainly in the lives of most of our teenagers right now. So any right. thoughts on how uh, specific technology and maybe social media or connect, connection media in particular is playing a role in some of these things, sister?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, I think because of the great gift of connectedness, which is allowing the show right now, right? Right. <laughs> um, yep. Because of those great things, we we have an illusion of being very present to each other. And so when we're rejected, I think the wound is a little deeper. And it reminds me of um, when Mother Teresa visited, I think, our country Um you know, obviously more than, more than three to four decades ago, she said that the poverty in the Western world was actually greater in her mind because the people who were alone were truly abandoned, Mm. um, because, because they have family, but they're still shut in that place. Well, now you've got anybody of any age, but especially a young person, totally connected, totally available and not being chosen, right? Right. Um, and, and I also think back to those early teen years when we were really sophisticated at passing notes in class because you knew which teacher <laughs> couldn't see it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there were some
1: really special folds. And then like the girls, we had these boxes where we put all of our favorite brands on it. And we kept our notes at night in that box. And I remember, I remember one note really okay. caused me some suffering. And I, I got out of bed that night and I opened my note box and I opened that note and I was so sad at what they said in there about me. Now, fast forward to now, my students don't have to climb out of bed, open a box and open a note. That conversation about them is happening live as they're trying to sleep. Mm. And, and so I, I think it can really cause some psychological damage um, and it really calls for a real, real discernment of how do I want to use my devices and it might not be the way my closest friends use them. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's hard. I don't pretend to have a magic word for that.
0: Yeah. Well, right. Well, nonetheless, we are grateful that you're our spiritual director today, Mm -hmm. sister, sister Amelia Hewler Mm -hmm. is our spiritual director in Nashville Dominican. And uh, soon this August she'll be joining the campus ministry team at Providence Academy, which is a K-12 Catholic school in Plymouth, Minnesota. We're talking about teens issues today. Are there specific issues that you see your teenagers or perhaps you're a teenager yourself and, and there are specific things that what Sister is saying is kind of resonating with you? Maybe you have a question about that. Maybe there's something else that seems to be plaguing the lives of the teenagers that you know and interact with. Give us a call, join the conversation, 888 9149 888 914 9149. Of course, you can always send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, sister, when you were just talking about that and having to go and open the box and open the note and read the note, well, <laughs> um, you know, in today's day, like you said, this conversation is happening right now. I'm just wondering if there's something just to reflect a, maybe a bit philosophically on this. If there's a, there seems to be this immediacy that um, has been. Again, granted, for better or for worse, to um, to us in this day and age, and uh, that has been almost taken for granted as being there um, in the lives of our teenagers who haven't known much else. And so, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a of an unmooring, perhaps, that happens with uh, the immediacy of a situation of a, of a I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear. And I yeah. mean, if it takes us out in out of kind of the present moment and mm-hmm. kind of puts us into the ether, so to speak. Yeah. Can you reflect on that at all? Do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: I think, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're saying that the immediacy actually puts us into a reality that didn't need to be, or really isn't
0: right. Meaning exactly. something, Thank
1: you. something else is actually, time is moving. Time is moving on, marching on. And so, so is my life is meant to be moving forward. And I'm stuck in this conversation because it keeps happening. Right. Mm. Um, yep. So, you know, I, I do not envy the, the discerning adolescent that needs to make decisions with their family about how to handle their social media, because certainly there's great uses of it. Um, but I think part of it is going to make me sound really old, right? I think part <laughs> of it might be to decide that at a certain time of the day, kind of like if you were at a friend's house, I'm done hanging out. Hmm. And, and I think that's really, really easier said than done. Um, but it, it, it's easier to give up something if I have a replacement. And so maybe I'm going to get real books and I'm going to sit around reading from this time to this time and not have my phone with me. Uh, there has to be a replacement and it should be something you enjoy, Mm
0: -hmm. but something,
1: as you say, to make the reality more visible to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think I mean that's true—not just for our teenagers, but for no. for all all of us, right? We do need yes. to kind of unplug so that we can plug back into the reality, the present moment, the situation in front of us, uh, yeah. right here and right now. Which I think is a is an excellent point. Um, but at the same time, again, I don't I don't want to at all be on air trying to, you know, sully the usage of technology. As you right. pointed out, sister, um, there's been some great advances that have come our way because of the use of technology and and some some actually some very positive things that have come from things like social media as well. It does keep us connected. And speaking of which, we have a phone call that's come in. Uh, let's go to Sophia, who's calling in from kewaskum Wisconsin here. Sophia, hmm. welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in.
2: Thank you. Um, I just had a question. So should me and some of my fellow peers have to accept everybody for who they think they are and who they want to be mm-hmm. in the terms of gender or if they think they're a cat or stuff like that? Mm-hmm.
1: Kind Okay. Of- Sophia, that's an awesome question, and you're not alone in asking it. Um, My first reaction would be to say emphatically that by the grace of God, by the grace of God, yes, we are called to love all people. You know that as well as I do. That doesn't mean that you accept all the things I choose to do. But I think as Christians, we know, I know as Christians, we know that we're all created by God. And that's not a throwaway line, right, for a Hallmark card, okay? It's everyone we encounter, no matter how confused they are, no matter how scared they are, no matter how much they're suffering, that goes for us in our own lives, they are on a return route, we hope, (laughs) to the Father. And so it doesn't mean I have to spend time with them, doesn't mean I have to listen to the same things as them. Um, but we are called to to love all, which is only possible through Christ's love. And the last thing I would say is I really do not give this to you as some kind of a pious, feel-good comment about loving all people. I mean, I live in community. I'm in a convent, right? I serve in different schools with all kinds of different people. I don't find all people easy for me to love, but the point is, is that Christ wants me to love them with his love. So it's very good when I realize, even though it's a little embarrassing, that I'm having a hard time loving someone. It means um, that I've probably been doing it on my own steam, and now he's saying, "Hey, sister, I want you to love them through my love because you find this very hard to love. So now you're turning to me."
0: How does that sound, Sophia? Does that uh, does that seem to make sense? Yep. Okay. How old are you, Sophia?
2: I'm
0: 13, 13. Well, wow, perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to call into the show and asking that very important question. God bless you, Sophia. Thank you. Thank you. Well, sister, I mean, uh, there, of course, that's something that we wanted to get into with the uh, ideas of, um, some of the, some of these social issues and moral issues that are pressing down upon us that, you know, again, have shifted quite a bit since when I was a teenager, um, yeah. and some of the things, not to saying there weren't some of those things then, but, um, she has, Sophia has kicked us off on a great foot <laughs> to get back into that. But you know what? We're going to take a short break before that. Um, we are so- speaking with our spiritual director, Sister Amelia Hewler, who's t- helping us to wrestle with some of the issues facing particularly our teens in this day and age. So if you are a teen or if you have teens in your life and are concerned about particular things that are maybe throwing them off the path of faith, give us a call, ask your questions, tell your stories. We'd love to hear from you. 888 914 9149. Again, 888 914 9149. And our email address is innerlife at radio.com Off on a short break, but there's much more to come, so stay with us. You can support relevant radio in many ways joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.comslash property.
2: Take out the papers and the trash. Ah uh,
0: yes welcome back to the inner life you're on relevant radio my name is patrick conley and we are grateful that you are joining us whether on air or online through RelevantRadio.com and the relevant radio app um so yeah that connectedness is really working and uh yeah there was i was i was sister amelia hewler is our as our spiritual director day and sister i gotta say that um i was told don't talk back a few times in my growing up <laughs> uh in my growing up days and uh but then, then again, I mean, just to kind of maintain the theme that we had before the show there or before the break was that, I mean, it's it's really seems to be that um, now it's almost expected that we are contributing to the conversation in some way, um, whether that be on, again, social media or and there's, again, the immediacy of it. And that's what we kind of left off with. And then Sophia called them with this great phone call about accepting people. Now, I got to say that as we started the show, sisters, we're talking about teens issues. Friendships were were so near and dear to me and so influencing on who on the person that I was becoming. And I got to I got to imagine that that is still the case, right?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, Christian friendship in a specific way is key, key. And I think friendship in general can be just as powerful as it can be detrimental. And so to be aware of who we're surrounding ourselves with. Right. Uh, because it could be that in my desire, my good desire to love and accept all people. If I'm only ever with people though, that are pulling me into ways of thinking and acting that, that aren't what God, God has destined for me. Eventually I'm going to kind of start to kind of smell like the group I'm with. Right. Yep. yep, yep. (laughs) Um, So friendship is definitely one of the greatest, greatest human goods. Um, but it is something that needs to be received and not grasped at. And so the idea of friendship as a gift is I think a really cool theme for young people to push into because online it sort of looks like we can navigate it. We can get it. We can pick it by how we behave and act, but actually friends, true friends, and, and the, the ancient philosophers would say that you and I were going to have very few true friends in our mm-hmm. lifetime.
2: Sure. Uh,
1: it, it is a gift to be received. Um, And there will be times in our journey, I think this is especially helpful as people start to prepare for college, so our later teens, there will be times on our journey where if we're making the right choices, right? uh, We will experience loneliness. And you're not bad and wrong when you find yourselves in those lonely parts of life. Uh, They might be short phases, right? They might be longer phases where you might want to get some help or some mentorship from someone older. I'm more worried, though, about when we don't let the loneliness hit us. What are we filling ourselves with? Mm -hmm. Uh, So when there's those moments, and we all have them, where we think, do I have friends? Does anyone really understand me? I guess my challenge to young people, but with caution, you do need support in your life. My challenge would be, can you sit with the Lord in that uncomfortable space and can you ask him to show you how he wants you to fill that void? Hmm.
0: Excellent question yeah the uh we've we've done shows on things like silence and solitude before yeah. and uh, those are things that um, yeah, well, I think for all times, I'm not just gonna lump this on on present times only, but mm-hmm. um, for all times, it's a challenge. but nowadays, especially when there's new statistics coming out seemingly all the time about how often a day that people, not just teens but people touch their phones, their smart sure. devices, or something like that, it's just a whole new realm of distraction that is out there for us. Yeah. And uh, a ways to ways to get out of that, that solitude and silence um, that fills us with something that's not actually substantive. So great point, sister. Um, Our our spiritual director, again, is Sister Amelia Hewler, a Nashville Dominican and teacher at St. Anthony Catholic School in Washington, D.C. We're talking about issues that confront today's teens. So if you have teens in your life or if you yourself are a teenager, we'd love to hear from you about what are some of the issues that are presenting themselves, especially those that might seek to throw you off the track of faith. 888 is the number to call, 888-914-9149. Let's go back to the phones now. We've got Teresa who's calling in from Michigan. Teresa, welcome to The Inner Life.
2: Well, thank you. And thank you, um, Sister Amelia. Um, you're mm-hmm. wise beyond your years especially for not having children, but what you say uh, I can relate to just thinking back at my uh, teen years. But the question I have is I'm wondering why when a young girl in her teens or, you know, 12, 11, uh, in my case, uh, a granddaughter who has been saying that she wants to become a sister from a very young age and everybody poohs it and they um <laughs> well, don't don't do anything to this until she gets to be uh, through her dating years, you know, and I'm thinking, why not nurture this now? They do it for the boys. Why Mm -hmm. have they not do it for the girls? I'm just curious. I mean, I've gotten some answers. I don't like them. (laughs) I (laughs) would like to hear your your input.
1: Oh, well, Teresa, I first have to ask you, which Teresa are you named for? Um, I chose that as a confirmation name. So that's really my
2: confirmation name. Um, but I think my mentor is, uh, Mother Teresa.
1: Oh, good pick. Really good pick. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, very good. I love both of them. Um, Okay. What a wonderful insight, right? We, uh, when our children are young, we're all for certain things being decided immediately. We're pushing them into things, but when they think God is calling in certain areas, we want them to wait, right? I, I don't know the fullness of that answer, but my hunch is that it has something to do or a lot to do with a misunderstanding of what a vocation is and what the human person is. Um, So we see some vocations, uh, and sometimes all vocations, but in this case, religious life, we see it as a life of, incorrectly, we see it as a life of only renunciation what you won't do. You won't have children. You won't get married. You won't have your own house. You won't, you won't, you won't. So, okay, pause, put it in parentheses. Every calling has renunciation, right? I mean, come on. Um, And so because it's not understood that if God calls your granddaughter in this case to be consecrated to him as his bride, that she's actually living a life for another, we see it as giving up things People want to make sure that she has a chance to test drive it all before she gives it up. Hmm. That's that's my hunch. Then I think there's another layer where people see it not just as a giving up, but as a giving up of the only things that really matter. So it's kind of like saying, look, before you trash your car and torch your house and throw away your TV, can I just show you? a better way to run your car, a better show to watch on your TV. They think it's a misunderstanding of what the person is for. Um, And I think it's to be expected, and I think we've had it throughout history. And all I can say is that people like you who pray for vocations and nurture them are going to have glorious crowns in heaven because I know behind my own vocation is certainly nothing I did, but people probably who haven't even met me but have been praying for vocations. So thank you.
0: Thank you for the call, Teresa, and I appreciate your response, too, sister. And I think there's something, um, there's something to be plumbed there even further, I think, about a misunderstanding of the human person. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of times, too, if I can just wax on that theme for a second, I think that there's, there's sometimes a, uh, we, we tend to, those of us who are of a greater age than our teenage years, <laughs> we look at today's teenagers and we might have, um, we might have certain prejudices that spring up um things that uh, things that they, they might be living their life as fully as they can as teenagers and all the wonderful things that come along with the teenage years and yet we might look at them and have a distorted view of the human person and look at them and maybe project some sort of preconceived notion of what a teenager is actually like upon them Maybe some suggestions for the for the older uh, generation, like myself, um, who may be tempted in that direction. How can we engage well with today's teens? What would you say, based on your experiences, sister, that today's teens are looking for in terms of interaction with adults?
1: Oh, what a fantastic question. Thank you. I didn't see it coming, but I love it. Mm. Um, okay, this is something that I'm working on myself. Listen to them. I'm sorry, Listen what? Listen to th- listen to them.
0: I'm just <laughs> kidding, <obviously. laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Had to throw it in.
1: Listen to them. Nobody's listening to them. They're being told what to think. They're being told how people think about what they say. People are thinking about what they say while they're talking. Listen to them. And if you can do it in real time, really in front of them, even better if they can sit at the island in your kitchen, and sit with you and talk to you. And maybe they'll want to listen, maybe not. But just, I think one of the most radical experiences for a young person right now is someone who sits with them, really in front of them, not virtually, and listens to them. Mm-hmm. And I would say as a side note for any of us that are listening that are not teenagers, one of the most beautiful ministries is is opening your home. Uh, opening your home to anyone but but to a young person and early on in my conversion that was certainly the case with the family that I babysat for they had room for me in their heart for sure but even in their home and I could come home from college and we could talk into the night and I could tell them all the things I was seeing that were confusing me and they listened Hmm. now eventually they gave me a catechism too but they listened (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And and then, of course, um, intercede before, during and after for them, because the Lord loves them more for sure. The Lord loves them more. And I know um, those of us that are um, listening that have teens in our life. We also see some great sufferings that we didn't face. Um, the Lord loves them more than we ever can. And so does his beautiful mother. So become men and women, all of us, of, of great prayer and intercede for them. Hmm.
0: Okay, excellent advice. And I take it as a personal challenge as well for the teens that I'm working with as well, sister. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Our spiritual director again, Sister Amelia Hewler, Nashville Dominican, and teacher at St. Anthony Catholic School in Washington, D.C. We're talking about issues that are confronting teens today. And I I, I will, well, let's listen to some teens. If you are a teen specifically, and you have some things that you'd like to say about what are some of the issues that are, you're facing in life today? What are some of the things that you find a struggle? Or if you're not a teen, if you're an adult and you have a way of that you interact with teens, some suggestions, as Sister Amelia just gave, about how we might better interact with teens and draw them into the community, give us a call. Either way, join the conversation, 888 Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, sister, one of the things, too, is I'm thinking about listening to our teens and um, and finding time to to do just that, making time to do just that. Um, Are there I mean, because as a teacher, of course, you and I have some some natural interactive uh, points in that way. Um, can you think of other ways that those who, those who are not teachers or may have, you know, just kind of a full life in and of themselves, is there, are there ways that they could uh, seek to interact with youth or teens?
1: Yeah, I think it's not by adding another to-do item in your full schedules and in your ministry, but are you, um, are you in your young family years? Do you have a family dinner? Invite someone to that right? Mm. I think that's a really powerful witness. It's also helping them to see a vocation that isn't really getting a lot of good media coverage. Let's be honest. You think people don't want them to be sisters? Okay, fine. People don't want them to have regular married (laughs) lives, okay? Um, Commitment, commitment, right? So invite them to your dinner table. Let them be part of um, that vocation you're living. Um, Are you at a different point in your life? Whatever it is, invite young people into that. Um, I remember that there were definitely, when I was going through my early years of conversion, people that would offer to buy me a a cup of coffee, um, and we would talk through whatever issue I was studying or whatever book they were reading that they thought I would like. Um, I would say it's not necessarily something that you have to go looking for. Just look at where God has put you in your life, and um, is there something you could invite people into? Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, that's that's good advice as well. Good advice from our spiritual director, Sister Amelia Hewler, as we're talking about issues that confront teens. Again, love to hear from you if you have some ideas about what those issues are or how to how to deal with them well, how to, as adults, reach out to teens, or if you yourself are a teen, what are some of the things that you have questions about or that you are struggling with? We'd love to hear from you, Triple eight nine We've got to take another short break, but we've got more of the inner life coming up right after it, so stay with us. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com forester
2: Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical man You study them hard and hoping to pay Get your fingers right down to the bone And the guy behind you won't leave you alone
0: Yeah, that sounds like, uh, Ring, again... Probably some experiences that I have had, maybe you have had as well. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, who is producing the show, as well as picking out that great Rejoin music. Although, to be fair, that that music was not playing on the radio when I was a teenager. I'm a little bit <laughs> younger than that. So um, let's just be fair about that. Our spiritual director today, Sister Amelia Hewler, is doing a great job of helping us understand some of the issues that our teens are facing and how we can help them. Um, and how we can reach out to them, how we can relate with them and how, uh, as adults, we can, we can, uh, assist them along, especially in their walk of faith. And sister, I I hear you have another story about adults relating to teens.
1: Yes. Well, I was just thinking Teresa's question about, you know, yeah, just Teresa was talking about how can we help people in their vocations? Why does the world say, uh, that a young girl shouldn't think about being a sister, but she should think about everything else. Right. And what a great Mm -hmm. question that was. Um, I'm really grateful for it. Uh, It reminded me of a trip that we took some students on when I was serving at a high school. Uh, We took about 15 young women to work with Mother Teresa's sisters at one of their United States convents. So we didn't go to Calcutta, just wanna put that out there. Uh, And and it was a phenomenal service trip, but the trip taught me something. So our service was geared with the sisters, serving the people they served, but we stayed with a beautiful Catholic family, and not, not just, nor primarily, because it helped me keep on budget, <laughs> okay?
2: Yes, right. um,
1: we stayed with a family that housed us and fed us, and when we came home every day from all of our service and some really hard things that the kids encountered for the first time, right, real suffering, um, they were welcomed physically <laughs> by this family, but spiritually into their home life. And on that trip, God kind of let it arrange itself. But I realized that planning experiences where they see all the vocations in their fullness Mm -hmm. can sometimes allow a young person to accept certain truths on a difficult church teaching or maybe just really theologically deep things about what we're made for. It can help them accept things experientially that intellectually they're not ready to assent to. And what I mean by that is, they might not say, yes, it is a good thing to be a consecrated woman, but boy, did they love those sisters. Hmm. And they also might not say, yes, I believe that this is what marriage is and that God has a great plan for marriage, but boy, did they love living in that family. Hmm. And the last thing I would say about that is, the girls kind of understandably got the idea that this family was very blessed. They were and they are. That this family had resources at their fingertips. They did because they shared them generously with us. But they made the assumption, which is totally understandable, that this couple had a really easy life. And so on our last night, the family, they spoke to me first and I said, yes, they gathered all the girls around them and us, the sister chaperones. And they told the girls about their beautiful courtship, their beautiful beginning of marriage. And then they talked about a period of real desolation in their life that Mm. almost pulled them apart. And there was some real suffering, including financial ruin and all the other things that can come with that. And then they told the girls how when they passed through that suffering, their marriage became even more real. Wow! And so for the girls to walk away these teenage girls to walk away from a a service trip, quote unquote, with an understanding of the way the missionaries of charity and this married couple, and hopefully they noticed us, but you know, we're just their teachers, (laughs) but what a vocation (laughs) looks like when it is poured out. I became convicted what they cannot assent to all the time because of what the media is putting on them and some of their friends, they will often accept experientially if given the opportunity to go into homes and into people's lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a tremendous, uh, you well, know, it's a tremendous tip of the hat to the the testimony of experience, right? Of, of if we, I'm able yeah. to experience that and see it front and center in my life, even if it's even for a short time, like you were just describing, sister, that that plays an enormous role in helping to, at least, if at the very least, to fuel further reflection upon what I've just encountered, what I've just experienced even if it's not, uh, you know, if it doesn't necessarily cause a sea change right then and there um, right. in terms of how we view these particular things. Great. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we can look for opportunities like that. And specifically, we can even, uh, in, to a degree, to the degree that we're involved in our local parish, and perhaps if we hold some sort of a, of a leadership position, whether that be a, like a catechism teacher or uh, even on parish staff or just a parish leader in general, we might be able to uh, create some of these experiences and opportunities, particularly within our parish. And I think that's what I want to focus on for our last ten minutes or so here, Sister. Is teens in church? Um, yeah. So there are. I have seen. I have seen kind of the two ends of the spectrum. Um, teens who are uh, really not very interested in church at all. Um, I'm not saying not interested in God, but not interested mm-hmm. in church, particularly. Um, to those who are. Uh, for lack of a better term, all in, you know, they're there, yeah. they're, uh, they love the mass, they love going to church. And uh, most of the bulk of the teens that I know fall somewhere in the middle of that. So yeah. any thoughts or reflections just initially from the teenagers that you have interacted with, sister, about um, a general kind of understanding of teens and church?
1: Yeah, what a great question. I've seen that same variety that you've encountered, and I bet I was somewhere kind of to the bottom end of that variety. So Mm. (laughs) um, I have great empathy. Um, Okay, before I give some practical things, I would I do just want to say clearly pray. Um, not because it's magic, and not because it brings people to church, but because God is powerful and God wants us more than we do. So become intercessors, right? If God has put on my heart, or if you're listening and you're, you're feeling the suffering of our young people, well, then He's given you a special cause to pray for, and He's not given it to all people. So pray and invite young people into prayer. Bring them to adoration. Bring them on rosary walks. And then practically, I would say, pull a John Paul II, come on, like get out there, go kayaking, go hiking, feed them. You know, the human person is so wonderfully simple in so many ways, right? (laughs) Um, And so usually if there's food, if there's friendship, um, if there's some outdoor component for some people, or if there's a promise of no outdoor component for others, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but really, I, th- I think the saints have really laid it out for us. And the answers are going to be as varied as there are human human beings. But bring them to the sacraments as much as you're able because they're not magic. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's, it's just an encounter with Christ. So bring them to adoration. Bring them, if you're able, to confession and to mass. If you're able. If they're not ready, it's okay. Teach them. Even if they don't want to pray a rosary, teach them to keep a rosary under their pillow. And when they go to bed sad some nights, because we all do, teach them it's okay to hang on to it and say, Mary, be a mother to me now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm going to say it again, bring him to adoration. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Bring him to adoration. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. there are going to be those listening who aren't able to do those things because you're being faithful to what God's asked of you, but it's still on your heart. Great, then you've been given the better task. Pray for this renewal in the hearts of the young people in your parish. Um, right. I think really, uh, as those of us past those years, we're really called to be discerning on the desires of our heart. Where is God asking you to intercede? And it might just be that much. He might just want you to be the prayer warrior.
0: hmm well, one of the things that frequently pops up, I think, is in the minds of not just teens again, but since we're focusing on teens, um, that, you know, I don't like coming to church because it's just boring, <laughs> right? I mean, that is that is just uh, front and center on a lot of people's mindsets, and uh, yeah. I, I am not immune to that either. Um, there have definitely been masses and church services I've been to that uh, would definitely fall squarely in that category of boring. Um, things have changed in me and things have changed even externally to help that not be the case. But any ideas or sister, particularly about how we can maybe discourage a view of church as boring without, cause my thing, what I want to do is, well, that's just because you don't understand what's going on. Let me just uh, tell right. you everything that's happening here in the mass. Right. And, right. and they're really not interested in that either. So yeah. any thoughts yeah. along those lines too?
1: So, yeah, Patrick, what I think I hear you telling me is they really might not be up for a discourse of the last 500 years and why That's the Reformation right. <laughs> ruined what we think worship is.
0: But you Precisely. are equipped to give that talk, for sure. <laughs> I appreciate that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, I mean, first of all, I might, I might, depending on my mood and what they're saying and their mood, I might say, yeah, it really can be boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know, eventually they might be ready for the deeper discussion of what worship is and why we go, right? Um, right. But depending on what they mean by boring, it, if does boring mean you zone out sometimes, well, then, yeah, it it, it might happen, right? Um, you know, God knows the creature he made, so it is not subpar catechesis, in my very lowly, humble opinion, to to let the other reasons motivate people. Not everyone is going to be struck by liturgy. In fact, some people are turned off by it because they don't understand it, as you said. Yeah. So let them want to go because that girl is there. That boy is there. That group of girls and boys are there. That really great youth director is there. That really fun outing is there. And this worship piece is part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know? certainly let, is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, sister. I I think I would say that being the case, too, because God... God has used all sorts. I mean, if He can talk through the lips of a donkey in, in the Balaam story in the Old Testament, wait, right? what? No, just uh, yeah. He can. He can do all sorts of things, um, and and for all sorts of reasons. And so, I like that. I like that um, that there Wait, might be Patrick, I have
1: to ask: is is that the example that, that gives you courage when when we're teaching?
0: <laughs> Occasionally, yes, yes, that's right. Okay,
1: so you, okay. I figure,
0: well, yep, yeah, if He can use a donkey, He can use me too, right? I'll avoid any other terminology at this stage. Um, so I'm I'm grateful that there's uh, there's these opportunities though, like you're saying, sister, that um, and uh, maybe that even propels us further into the you know tending to the the community aspect of our parishes. And making sure that there's uh, opportunities for people to interact and some genuine community to be built in our parishes. That's what's going through my mind, anyway. Well, sister, only a couple minutes left here before we ask for a prayer from you as we close. But um, any thoughts, particularly? I mean, you've given some great advice here, and anything you want to reiterate or anything that you would encourage those of us who want to build and encourage teens in their lives of faith to do um, one or two practical things.
1: Yeah. Well. Invite them, and then listen to them.
0: Yeah,
1: And I know that's kind of, we've been hearing that for a few years, the whole invitation thing, but I'm, I'm not over it yet, I think, because I remember times where I would have gone if somebody invited me, and I remember times where I would have rejected it, right? Yeah. Um, invite them, invite them, and then listen to them. And I, if there was ever a time in the history of the church when home ministry was really needed, I really think it's now, if there's a way um, in which you or a group of people at the parish can invite young people into the home mm. uh, to give them a chance to live the present moment, it will whet their appetite. It still does that for me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, they will want more. And they might consider building their lives on that more.
0: Yeah, yeah. And based on your example, too, of offering uh, an authentic picture, of course, of not necessarily putting on all our best airs, but being willing to talk about some of the hard parts of life as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that that family that I mentioned briefly that um, I babysat for their children, and now they're my godparents, uh, Mm. they had room for me, as I said, physically, but also spiritually, because I was bringing home from college some pretty big questions. Yeah. Yeah. and, and I wasn't able to shock them. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah.
0: No, it's absolutely the, the case that, uh, yeah, just some openness and authenticity and being willing to listen and honor each other as dignified human beings. Well, Sister, it's been great to spend the hour with you reflecting on some of these things, but we would love it if you would close us with a prayer, please.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you to everyone listening, and thanks for this beautiful ministry. So, In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving us your life and giving us the gift of faith. We ask that your holy mother just put her mantle around us. We know that all that she touches becomes more gentle, more beautiful, more possible. So Mary, be a mother to us and to our young people now. Amen. In
0: the name of the Father and
1: the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Thank you, sister. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. We'll see you tomorrow. Grace and peace.